I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and welcome to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Carl Gustav Jung proposed that everything that irritates us about others can lead us to understand ourselves. For him, others were a giant mirror into our own psyches. The great German writer Hermann Hesse suggested that disliking something in another is disliking something that we have, too. Freud, Kreppelin, Schopenhauer, those Germans opened the door to our psychological lives, and it was a shock at the time. Jung joked to Freud on their first journey to America that they were bringing the plague to Americans. And if you subscribe to the idea that hell comes from the others, as Sartre proposed, it is a little depressing to have to let go of that and point the finger back inside for the real source of our problems. The consequences, however, of maintaining that outward blame are severe. From nuking plants with toxic chemicals, to ethnic cleansing, to executing the evil ones, we pay a big price for our naive exteriorization. Let's go the other way. The sanity of interiorizing our lives, today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. We are streaming on our very own Stop Radio Network through iTunes, news talk radio stations, or through the nifty and free TuneIn radio app to get us directly to your smartphone or tablet. You know, I've had many experiences in my over 10 years in Brazil at Norberto Kepi's International Society of Analytical Trilogy about today's topic. I was once working with a woman on helping her to deal with her fear of public speaking a tough case, as the fear was pretty hefty and was impeding her development in her own business, where she had to present her company frequently to others in sales calls. Her fear was a tough one because it was so real to her, as it is to most of us who have these kinds of fears. She was really sensitive to the judgment of others. This is a subtle area because, of course, Sales calls are where we're being evaluated constantly, right? If you do the presentation and don't get the contract, it wouldn't be much of a stretch to assume that the customer had judged your presentation as inadequate for their needs. But there's a deeper issue at work here that my student was not realizing, and that was that the most serious judgment about her performance was not actually coming from the client. It was an internal criticism that she was actually feeling. She was incredibly judgmental. Of others, sure, but of herself most of all. The internal voices of judgment she heard were voices she assumed everybody had. So she was projecting her attitudes into the others who were recipients of her presentations. What I had to help her see was how the judgment she placed in others was actually her highly critical and judgmental nature being reflected back to her. Once I helped her to see that, it helped her a lot to tame her fear. In thinking the enemy was outside, she was girding herself for the wrong enemy. Imagine the tension that created. Well, this is what we'll explore in depth today if you want to stay with us. The sanity of interiorizing our lives when thinking with somebody else's head returns in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network. To know thyself, as Socrates intended, depends on our awareness of envy. Norberto Cappi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. I remember a client. She has a near problem, a syndrome. When the person 
starts to get depth. A landmark psychological science that helps us understand physical disease. But with analysis, the syndrome stopped developing. And helps solve it without drugs or surgery. The doctors told her, now you are a healthy person. Take back your normal life. Healing Through Consciousness by Claudia Bernhard Pacheco is a profound book loaded with case studies that explain the root cause of our health problems. And this morning, she woke up with a heavy heart, as if she was expecting something different from the doctor. And what we can do to really solve them, not just take away the symptoms. So the most difficult aspect is for her to even suspect that she has an inner life that she's not aware of. Claudia Bernhardt Pacheco's Healing Through Consciousness, the revolutionary scientific method that treats both mental and physical illness through dialogue alone, making clinical treatment, medicines, and hospitalization unnecessary. Buy Healing Through Consciousness today in the bookstore at stop.org.br. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. Thinking with somebody else's head is on the Stop Radio Network. And, uh, you know, I don't put out as much call for your comments and ideas as I probably should. So, so let me do that now. Jones at stop.org.br. That's my email address, and I, I would really love to hear from you about what we're doing. So do feel free. You don't need a personal invitation, but here's one anyway. Jones at stop.org.br. You know, our approach on this show is to try to analyze all areas of human endeavor from the perspective of Norberto Kepi's Science of Analytical Trilogy. And it's Kepi's discovery of inversion way back in 1977 that's given us the tool to do that. Because everything is inverted today. Everything's upside down. Every development in society ends up taking us further from sanity. From, uh, that's strange to say that, isn't it? But it's true. From economics to politics to psychology to education to medicine and physics, it all needs to be revisited with this perspective of inversion firmly in mind. And that's what we're doing. Hunter Claudia Bernhard Pacheco and I, and uh, she has joined me again, and as always, thrilled you could join me, Claudia. Now, uh, interiorization. You know, the word doesn't even exist in English, but it does denote a remarkable psychological understanding. I remember Kepi telling an example a year or so ago about a man who was complaining in his analysis session about how one of his co-workers was always creating difficulties for him at work. This colleague was always trying to find out what he was doing so he could criticize him. Kepi asked his client what he thought about his co-worker's attitude. And the client said, he has envy of my work. He's trying to sabotage it. Kepi then, using this process of interiorization, told his client that this is what he himself did. He tried to destroy and diminish and attack his own work. And then later, he would blame others for it. He was doing himself what he thought others were doing to him. This has enormous implications for us in our daily lives. The process of interiorization, it's a process of returning to and comprehending our vast inner universe. Claudia Pacheco, let's define it first. 
What is interiorization? There is a difference between interiorizing and internalizing or introjecting and introversion too. Jung had this concept of introverted people, people that are introverted, meaning that people that do not show or express their inner feelings, thoughts, and lives are like a shy kind of personality. They are not that much interested in social aspects. An introverted person. Introjection would be when you take a concept or uh, an idea or a feeling, an experience, and you bring that content to your inner self. Introject. So I introject uh, some experience, some idea that I got from my parents in my childhood. I intro- introjected some values of my family or of my country. To interiorize is something very unique because it is like turning your attention and your interest towards your inner self and look inside, feel yourself understand yourself better, acknowledge who you are, and mostly be in resonance with your own being. So that's why this experience is so fulfilling, because only when you are in touch with this inner life, with your soul, your mind, it's when you resonate with your true essence, when you do not deviate, you do not stop, you do not put a break in your your personal vibration, which is in tune with the universe and with the divine energy. So interiorizing is like opening a portal for the transcendence, for the universal and the universals, opening a portal to the true knowledge. So through this, you can understand better the world, other people, and the universe. Because Kepi says this a lot. He says that the true glory is inside, right? So that like there's this universal world that uh, is full of beauty and goodness and truth, but there's a big resonance with that inside us. And this is not understood by most of us very well. Yes, it's already not acknowledged. Because everything in society in education, in culture, is to make you pay attention to the external world. So it's a sensorial appeal, social things to pay attention to, even relationships, Jones. We are so much interested in having good relationships. But all our relationships depend on the relation we have with ourselves. So if I am a projective person, if I am not in touch with who I am, I will project onto other people my problems. So I will fight not with the other people, but with myself through people. Like a dog, when they look at themselves in the mirror and they bark as if there was a dog in there, another dog. We do this with people. You said something in, a, in a, a book that you wrote, Revealing the Power of Consciousness, which is a book that's very helpful for people because it's a, a sort of a, a basic primer on what is analytical trilogy. 
And you said in this book that we're very confused about this because we think that we are reactive beings, Mm -hmm. that we're reacting Mm -hmm. to external things, to Mm -hmm. stress, to Mm -hmm. attacks. But you said this is not true. Explore that a bit for us. Because there are some people that tend to be more projective and paranoid, as we, we call in our language. And they are tend to be more envious and attack more the good in their life. So they feel more unsatisfied. They are always complaining about life and other people. They are not grateful. They are always denying what they have and looking at the other people's lives or attacking those who love them the most. So, for instance, a person who lives with another person who is more envious or more unbalanced, more neurotic... You, he will wake up in the morning and during the breakfast will perceive that the other one has that look, that way of being that you know already that he is upset. So you think, uh-oh, what did I do now? Or what happened now that this person is so upset, so angry? And we should think in another form. What is the excuse this person is using? And this makes no big difference because people that are envious, they find always some excuse. Even if they have everything going on very well in their lives and the shy, the sun is shining and the, the day is beautiful and you do the best you can to please that person and that person will always react like this. Sooner and or later we'll find. This is absolutely something. So when you see someone sad or angry or upset, you have the tendency to say, what happened? What did they do to this person? As if it would be necessary something to happen socially, externally, so that person will, would be sad or angry because something happened as a reaction. And not that. Many times, most of the times... There are only good things happening around that person. And this is the reason. Like this rejection, this crazy lunatic reaction we here have in this planet to go against what is good, beautiful, and truthful. And even enjoy, morbidly enjoy, this kind of negative feelings. We get pleasure, don't we? Yes, a morbid pleasure, Richard. It's, this is sickness. This is crazy. But this is us. <laughs> <laughs> you said in this book that these bad feelings, this uneasiness, this anxiety, this fear are born inside us. Yes. They're not stimulated by the external environment. Yeah, They may be stimulated when things go too good, when someone is too happy at, at, around you or too good or too... Or too generous, when, when the envious person sees too much good things and good people and too much happiness around or too much good energy around, so they react. And this is reactive. But normally, uh, a more balanced, generous, grateful person, they tend to think, what did I do wrong? Should I do better? Could I do better? Because this kind of personality, they see the good of themselves in other people too. So it's the opposite kind of projection. They see the other one good and them always wrong. It's also a form of projection. Projective idealization, as Dr. Kepi mentions in his book, 
origin of illnesses. There are two kinds of projections of what ha- goes on inside of us. One is this projective identification, which Melanie Klein explored wonderfully in Capi 2, even deeper, where you project onto other people your pathology, your negative qualities. But there is this projective idealization when you project onto other people your qualities, your ideals. So you idealize that person. And later on, when you see sometimes very painfully have to admit that that person is not what you thought, so then you have to be very interiorized to to be able to cope with the situation. It usually happens after three months of a relationship, right? Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, illusions are all broken. Three or six, as they say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Maximum six months, yeah. the things start to show up. And you start to see, have you always been leaving your underwear on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start to notice those things. What does it mean to be interiorized in this situation, though, Claudia? Yeah. If you start to see things going on, uh, what does it mean to to be able to deal with those relationship difficulties, those well, when, they, when the illusions get shattered. What does it mean to be interiorized in that well, situation? Well, we have the tendency, Richard, to think that in order to be happy, you need a, another person and you need a good partner or you need a, a, a lover that is okay with you. We have the tendency to think that Uh, Happiness comes from people, things, situations, countries. But in reality, happiness comes from us and we can share this. We can resonate with happy people, happy situations. But this comes from our inner selves. I can be happy with very little things, very simple life. And another person can be very unhappy with everything, materially speaking, socially, meaning a person can have a very rich life and be very unhappy. Happiness is like being in resonance with goodness, beauty, and truth that exists all around us and in the universe and mostly in our creator. And this is done through our inner selves. So if I am happy now, I can be happy tomorrow. I I can be happy yesterday and I can share the happiness, but never take it from another person. So when you perceive that the other one is not what you idealized, you can be become mad, angry, but you have to think that poor person has a lot of problems as you have. So if we have, each one must carry his own problems. If we have to carry our problems and other people's problems too, the responsibility to make other people happy, this is unbearable. Mm, very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, well, let's uh, just take a break here, okay? We've got to do that right now on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. Back with Claudia Bernhard-Pacheco in just a moment to consider more about interiorization, Roberto Kepi's really important concept. Back in just a moment, I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. 
Thank you for listening to the most relevant conversations in the world about stopping the destruction of ourselves and the planet. This is the Stop Radio Network. Since the beginning of all civilizations, they had always manifested an enormous interest and knowledge about the spiritual life and spiritual beings. It's a world of ancient wisdom that modern science has eliminated. The arising philosophy of positivism preferred to base science on material happenings. So, only what you can see and touch and feel is real. Now, spirituality is being put back into science. Imagine what would happen if people start considering this as a real thing. Not only as a religious thing, but also a real scientific thing. Imagine what would happen. Norberto Kepi's Universe of the Spirits, a scientific analysis, available in the bookstore at stop.org.br. Learn the truth about energy and matter. Dr. Kepi's revolutionary book, The New Physics, is available in the bookstore at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. The main characteristic of illness is lack of awareness. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. Thinking with somebody else's head is the program name. We're on the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Thanks for joining us today. Always nice to hear from you. Reminding you again of our website at stopradio.org. My email, if you want to talk to me personally about anything you hear on our program, ideas, suggestions, you're totally welcome. Jones at stop.org.br. Interiorization is our topic today, and in considering this, I'm kind of mindful of Dr. Kepi's contention that psychology has not really entered a psychological phase yet in human experience. Our psychological worldview today is mostly social or organic. Our problems come from our families or from our brain chemicals. Kepi uh, puts us in contact with what's going on inside, and I think it's extremely valuable to see our lives from that perspective. But let's try to make it more concrete, if we can, Claudia Bernhard Pacheco. Let's use some specific examples to illustrate this process of interiorization, Claudia, because we, we received an email. Yeah, this about is a good last, example. Yeah, we received an email from our last show. Uh-huh. Uh, from uh, Washington, D.C. Yes. A woman saying that she's really been enjoying the show. I, I want to actually encourage people, if they have specific topics mm-hmm. for us to cover, we would, would love to do that. You can just email me at my email address, rich at richjonesvoice.com. But this woman said she's having a difficult time dealing with some grief in her life. Yeah. A favorite animal of the family mm-hmm. died very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And she wanted some help with how she could deal with that, treat that. Well, what could you say that could help her? Well, if I would attend her in analysis sessions... I would ask this lady to free associate the dog that she lost in a very traumatic, sudden, unexpected event, as she says here. So I would ask her, what does she associate this dog with? Well, she may say beauty, happiness, joy, the dog itself maybe purity, innocence, energy. So then we would say that this dog represents these aspects inside of herself. The dog is a symbol 
of her inner joy, her inner vibrations, energy, joy of life, purity, purity that she has in herself, but she is not realizing that she is stopping, killing, destroying in herself. The loss of the dog represents the loss that she makes in her, her own life with these aspects. And what really makes her or made her happy with the dog was not really, really the happiness or the qualities of the dog, but it was her own inner qualities that resonated through the dog. She found it easier to access her own qualities when she was with the dog. Yes, and she should improve this access through other means. She must have, and she does have, a lot of means to access these inner qualities in herself, and not only through the dog, because she's much more than this dog. The dog is okay, it's cute, okay, but she has much more qualities in herself to be developed. This is really beautiful work that, that you do with Analytical Trilogy. Let's look at some more because I, I ask this question in my classes a lot with mm-hmm. students. What, what irritates you? What's the, you know, your, your pet peeve, that little thing that really irritates you? And there's a number of things that come up over and over again. The first one is arrogance, arrogant people. What can we say to help somebody who deals with... Ah, this is very interesting. Because you know something, Jones. We have a tendency that we don't realize, but this is present in all of us. When we hear someone saying something, we have the tendency to say, is this in agreement with what I think? Do I agree with this? If I do, this is true. If I don't, this is not true. Or I become like the criteria of the truth, the universal truth. If things are in accordance to what I think, they are truthful. If not, they are not. And we lose a lot of opportunities to learn from other people and through other people. So we can be very fanatic, very sectarian in our ideas. Because many times I grew up learning that those ideas are the true values in life. But they may not be that way. And many times they are not the true values because we are raised learning values that fit the intentions of the powerful people. This morning I was was teaching a a client, she's a medical doctor, and I was telling her that uh, it's not her own personal individual problem, but she, she was taught in the medical university establishment and now in her profession that only the medical pharmaceutical industry interests are true in her life. And they are starting to learn that this is the other way round, that most of the values and the statements of the medical industry are in opposition to human interests. So, you see, Richard, we learn in, in universities, in schools, in, through the media, in books, in churches, values that have nothing to do with us. So we have to, to think about this arrogance in our minds. We can be very arrogant and be lost in this arrogance. Totally intransigent. And this is why we feel such um, 
fear and anger at terrorism, fanatical terrorism, because this fanaticism exists very much inside us. Another thing that is linked to our arrogance is this idea that I am what I think and not that I may be and most of what I am in my behavior has nothing to do with what I think about myself. Other people know me better than I do. So I should be more attentive, pay attention to what other people say about me. And also to my results in life. Because the results that I create show the real intention, not the intention I think I have, right? Like, for instance, I do everything I can to develop, to progress, and I, I have like a bad luck. Nobody, nobody understands me and my efforts are worthless. So if I am not succeeding, it's because unconsciously I don't want to follow the right things to be done in order to succeed. Yeah. Bad relationships are like this too. We can, we can attract to us those people that will attack us. Yes. Those people that, will, that we will use as an excuse to stop developing. And don't you see that people admire arrogant people in society, they are more powerful. Mm -hmm. They have the tendency to admire an arrogant person. Humble people are not that much admired in society. So if we're irritated by arrogance, it's because there's something that we're not seeing about our own intransigence, arrogance. And how much we give an enormous value to arrogance. It's very true. And arrogant people. Another question, another issue that comes up a lot is this question of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are very uh, upset with betraying partners, partners who who cheat or have other relationships outside the marriage or outside the relationship. How can we see that in this interiorized way? Mm-hmm. So we have to perceive that we betray love in our lives and we betray feelings of love in ourselves. So we are not that loyal as we want to see ourselves. If I am too much upset with other people's betrayal, it's because, first, I betray myself. I betray my my true values. I betray my feelings of love. Very easily, I'll say, okay, so I will split. I break up, or I stop here, or I don't want this anymore. This is a betrayal to my own feelings of love. Either I love or I do not love. If I love, I will not put a stop in this feeling like this. Otherwise, I will just, um, if I cut off a feeling, a, a good and beautiful feeling in myself, I'm mutilating myself, psychologically mutilating myself. And if my love like, is contingent or it depends on the attitude of the other person, it's not a true love. So there, there is a lot of forms of understanding our betrayal when we are paying attention in other people's betrayal. And my love should never depend on what the other person does. Otherwise, I'm not loving. And feelings of love, and this is something, Jones, this is something. I'm not well loved or not loved enough by my partner. And I want to be loved in order to love back or I deserve to be loved back from what I from what I give I should receive back love and gratefulness so people do not understand that in reality we are not pleased or happy by other people's love for us we can be but we really are and this is something 
really happy and and we feel pleasant and satisfied when we feel love. Our own feelings of love give us fulfillment and satisfaction. You've talked about this in another podcast we did, and I think it's, it resonates very, very beautifully. This question of the, the love is something that's an internal experience, not dictated by the outside. I like this. Um, so like I- this lady, Jones, from Washington, D.C., she was so happy or she was so pleased because she had a capacity to love her pet or something. It was not the pet that brought her happiness, but the capacity she had to love it was what was meaningful here. This is beautiful. What would we say to somebody, how would you counsel somebody who is faced with a betraying partner? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Because that's a situation that really is happening. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not enough to see that my love doesn't depend on that person. I mean, how, how do we help this person to cope with the actual situation as well understanding their own betrayal i think this is very important yes and rethinking about the value that the person gave to to this other one so maybe the qualities that person has are enough to keep on or maybe the person has to rethink should i stay with a person that is not really giving value to our friendship Am I betraying myself when I make a false image about the other person? The other person is giving me very clear signs that he is not or she is not what I think. So I am betraying myself if I fool myself with false images and idealizations. Use an example in a teleclass. By the way, you give these teleclasses every Saturday and uh, they're very useful for people who want to understand more about mm-hmm. analytical trilogy. So I just mentioned that, that this is something that goes on every Saturday, a teleclass with Dr. Claudia Pacheco about these themes directly. You, you used an example in one of these teleclasses of a young woman who had married a, a bad guy, mm-hmm. a guy who controlled her totally, called her every 15 minutes by cell phone, mm-hmm. stopped her from, from studying, stopped her from seeing her family, uh, stopped her from developing in her life. How can we help this young woman to understand Uh the situation? Because I'm sure there are many people in situations similar to this or maybe not as strong, but in some way related. Because these people are victims of their own choices, inner choices, and not from this partner. Socially speaking, they can become victims and they can even be killed in extreme examples. If the other one is too sick, too psychotic, they can even put themselves in difficult situations. But what is important is this interiorization to see what and why did I choose a person like that in my life. I wanted to destroy myself. I wanted to imprison my my freedom, my liberty, my my talents, my happiness. So I wanted to use that person to criticize me to put myself down, to attack me. So I would have a good excuse to say my life is being destroyed and not not that I'm choosing, unconsciously choosing to destroy my life. So if I'm really decided to stop destroying my life, the answers, Jones, will come from within because an analyst can never interfere in a relationship when it's time to end, when it's time to start, 
or how it should be. So the true answers we have within us. But the problem is, what is my true intention? Yeah, that is the question, isn't it? How to discover why it is that I sabotage myself or why I can't be as happy in relationships as I'd like. What stops me from getting more out of life? Why have I accomplished so little? The answers to those questions lie inside us, inside our inconscientized intentions, the area of true psychology that Norberto Kepi's work leads us to. That is our program for this time, our Thinking with Somebody Else's Head program. We're streaming on the Stop Radio Network, and we're happy to have you along. Join us next time. Talk to you then. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. We can tell how unbalanced a person is by how much they idealize. Norberto Kepi. Disinverting the human being and society. This is the Stop Radio Network. A key inversion in science. Always we are trying to extract energy from a material element. And its negative consequences. We provoke serious imbalances in nature. Corrected now with the Kepi Motors disinversion of physics. And we developed a way to have mechanical power with very little electricity. This will make a big change, not only in energetic efficiency, but also it will bring better energy in homes because it's magnetic energy. The Kepi Motor, new technology for a new world. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network.